chill. We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or... You can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters. It is the fans forum on this Monday night. Welcome to Darren, to uh, John Paris. He's accepted his name now, hates mayonnaise. Uh, Barry Hogan, uh, Kevin, Alan, George and Ian. Good evening, lads. Good evening, Steve. As always, we look back on the weekend's game and uh, see if there's anything to talk about at Newcastle. Quiet weekend uh, at St James' Park. Uh, but Darren, let's look back at the 2-2 uh, draw against Bournemouth first, mate. Uh, tough game, that. Uh, Tough to watch, tough game. A point I think was was deserved. Um, I don't think either team deserved to win it. What was your take on it? Uh, well, I was I was at the stag do in York, but I just want to give ticket to walk kid. Um, I texted him after the game. I'm waiting for your thank you. So he, the reply I got wasn't very nice reply. Um, so <laughs> so I managed to watch the match in it down York in a bar, which is what I was so happy about. But. What I've seen, our midfield was all over the place. They were getting... Bournemouth was getting too easy. Um, Gordon, Barnes and Amron were out swapping. We had the main centre-forwards. Um, but just... You tell me to change the formation. It's not, it's not working. The, the past team are getting far, far too easy. And, and I feel a bit... I, I am doubtful sort of if he's down burn. How's keep keeps on playing them? And he need to rest. None of rest. He needs to be dropped. Um, and to be fair, there was no one stood out for a good game. But you said maybe had a good game. To me, he did all right. Um, but it's just it's just shows how far we overachieved last year. And and I think we've got a lot more bad results to come our way. Unfortunately, seeing. So my, I'm going to change my from eight to ninth now, 
after that performance last year on Saturday, having no higher not. Okay, Chibas, thoughts on the game? I don't know where to start. It was just, I, I'm so frustrated with this. Um, it feels like all the good work of getting away when the Forest has gone gone to pot because you can't back it up by winning the game at home. That Bournemouth hadn't won a game in five. So it was a game that you would have to think, yeah, we've had a full week ahead of it. You know, no disrespect to Bournemouth, but it's at home. You would like to think that three points is a must. Um, but again, I just, I don't, something's not right at home at the minute, whether that's it's the formation or what, but we're just not at it. It's, we're, we're choking cheese away from home. We seem to enjoy playing with, like, no, seemingly not much on my backs. And when it's at home, we just can't do it at the minute. Um I agree with the Dan Burn thing. I think for the sake of him, you've got to take him out just for, you know, he, he, he can't keep doing it because it's co- unfortunately it's cost him again and again and again. And sadly, Eddie's taken too long to take it, take him off and he's taken him off when the damage is done, i.e. goals. Um, I thought Botman and Shaw were awful. Because <laughs> I, I thought like so Cliver and was it Cliver and the other one, Solanke, they got in far too easily behind our defence. Um Again, that's probably to do with the midfield situation. Um, Miggy Almiron, what is he? Because I'm sorry, what I saw on Saturday was absolutely ridiculous. I saw somebody who had four shots, none on target. I saw somebody crossing the ball in the box when we had five-foot players as strikers up front. And when we've got strikers in the box, he doesn't cross it in the box. I saw some... I, I just... I'm sorry, but... I'm so, so frustrated that we can't back it up and... Well, how many more points can we afford to drop now if we want European football? Like, how many more times is how many more goals can we give away? It's just so easy to give away. How many more times are we going to have to score four goals at home to get a point, even two goals at home to get a point when we should be winning them games? It's just honest, it's so frustrating. I, I can't explain it. It's, it's you know, it's for me, this season feels like it should have been last season because. I think this season for me, I would have accepted last season after staying up and all the hurrah, and then the fourth would have been accepted. Obviously, we acceptable this season, but I disagree a bit with Darren. I think it's not the fact we overachieved last season; it's because a lot of teams underachieved, like the Liverpool and teams like that underachieved, and they didn't get as much points as that. Um, so we may have, you may think we overachieved, but I think we did remarkably well, and I think. Like so Liverpool, Chelsea, all them teams underachieved with the squads they had available to them. Um, but I'm just, I'm sort of, something's got to change. We can't go to Arsenal on Saturday with that team to start on, but unfortunately, I think we will because straight away, Arteta doesn't need to be a genius to go give the ball to Saka. That, that's it, and it'll win them the game straight forward. It's. You know, it's and the one thing that annoyed us a bit is what house after the match saying we're getting back to some sort of consistency like last season. Well, unfortunately, the only consistent thing we're doing at the minute is conceding goals left, right, and centre. That's the only consistent thing that's happening at the minute, sadly. Um, so that's that's basically my rant, unfortunately. Well, it's a rant, isn't it? Alan says this could be dismal listening tonight. Might just turn the volume down and watch chat and churn. Uh, Alan, you know what my views are. Um, I went up there. I thought we might nick it. I thought we might nick it 2-1. That was my that was my prediction at the weekend. Um 2-2 was a fair result. I enjoyed the goals. Um it was a it was a different game to the 4-4 against Luton. 
Um, but for me, I, I know where we are. I know where we're at. I, I, you know, we went into a game with no strikers. We scored, fair enough, one was a penalty. We scored two goals. We could have had more. First half, I thought Bournemouth were the better team. Second half, I thought Newcastle were the better team. Uh, and that's it. And, and they're a bogey team for us. Eddie, well, certainly a bogey team for, a bit, for Eddie Howe. You can't get a win against them in the league. So, am I too disappointed? I'm not. Um, the injuries just keep on coming. We'll find out in due course what 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 nerds happen to Fabian Share now, um, and that's you know that's just another one to add to the long list of injuries. So, with the team that we've got out and with the players available, I am not downhearted at all. Uh, and like I said last night, Naka's like the person who left the game at one nil down in front of me. Don't come back because you clearly don't know what it means to support a football team. Um, you know you don't waste of a ticket. You don't deserve a place in the ground and, and don't come back is what my message would be to that person. There's so many of my mates who can't get tickets now and have been unsuccessful in every single ballot so far this season. Um, yeah, somebody like that wastes waste space in the ground. And that's for don't get a start on an atmosphere and, and how to create an atmosphere. Um, honest to God, that, that really is boiling my urine. But yes. Yeah, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's only what we'll come to yours. Rosie, you're in the middle, mate. Right. Um, obviously, you can sit at home and listen to the I'm going to disagree with the two guys in front of us again. I think Burns taking the stick for our midfield. I think the midfield was really poor. There's no speed to them. There's no yeah. tracking back. They leave the defence in general totally uncovered. And I oh, think it's that's oh, caused oh, the majority of our problems. I, I take it Burn gets done for speed. But he's yeah. being left so uncovered so many times by the three midfielders. It's absolutely shocking. I mean, on the plus point for me, I, I can't wait for Willock to get back. Because I think Willock will offer some pace. Anderson will offer some pace. It, it'll totally change the midfield if you've got those two in. I, I agree with the guys. I think Longstaff needs a break. I, I think he's he's had too many bad games, but we simply haven't had anybody there to come in to replace him. I think Miley's playing out his skin for a 17-year-old kid. He's done absolutely amazing. And thank God he has, because there isn't literally anybody else to play in that position. Um, agree with Steve. I think considering we had no strikers available at all, we've got two goals. Yeah, you're disappointed. I, I, I had to laugh when Steve's you were talking about the uh, Dubravka goal. And I obviously, I just watched the highlights and when you were saying about the water, the pitch, and then Dubravka sort of fell on his arse. And you just think, oh, how weird. Exactly. That to me just shows the type of season we're having. It's it's a sort of thing that'll happen. We're gonna have a Macam Seagull flying to one of the players next and blindside him as one of the as the ball's going towards the goal because it's just that bad look at the minute. But Sean, at least we won't bum it. Well, I I wasn't gonna go there, but you know, um Shaw for me, if he's Ian, ha Ian has been to hospital and had a, a procedure, it's the reason it's on his mind. Uh, anyway, carry on, Barry. Um <laughs> If Shaw's if Shaw's um is injured, I would love to see Young Murphy get a game. I'm yeah. waiting desperately for Alex Murphy to play because I think he's going to be a one for the future. I know you don't want players to get injured, but I would like to see him play. 
And as I said, uh, put the comment on for you guys last night, Steve. I would love to see it if we do play Live Lamento and somebody tears them apart and makes them look like an arse, are they going to stop slagging off Dan Byrne? Because then it will show that Livermento is not the ideal defender either, and he's certainly not a left-back. As Everybody keeps calling for him to play there, but I've, I've yet to see Tino look outstanding in the left-back position. I don't think it's his natural side anyway, but everyone's entitled to their opinions, even Ian. And here he is. You've given him a great intro there. Ian, <laughs> Yeah, is that is that, a, is, is that a segue from Barry? It's a segue. Yeah, it's a segue. So, give us your thoughts uh, on the match at the weekend, Ian. Um, my thoughts are sort of agreeing and agreeing with everyone in a way. You know, all every, everything everyone's saying is right, coming from different angles. Even when they disagree, and it's sort of the same thing they're saying. If if you expect Dan Byrne to be able to um, look after a pacey winger. Then you're dreaming. That's not what he's there for. That's not why. That's not why uh, he's getting put in. Um, he's there for the defensive ability that he brings to the team for when we go to that back three when Trips goes forward. I've stuck up for Dan Burn on other forums and on on, on uh, last week on this, and I'll do it again. He's getting picked and he's doing his best, and you can't expect any more from him. He was no more culpable for what happened at the weekend than Botman. Botman for me was poor, which I, you know, like, and and it, and, it, and it boils down to a lack of trust. Um, I don't. Botman does not trust the Bravka. You can see it, oh, yeah. even from even from Row W in the bloody nosebleed territory that I was sat in with Tommy, like for that game, you could see he has no faith in the Bravka. Um, you know. Um, and it's when it's 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 all about like the the co co cohesive back five that we had is no longer available, and that's why. Although I'm sticking up for Dan Byrne, I would not be picking him. I'd put Tino there. You know, I know I know Barry just said he's not seen Tino as a left back, and you know neither do I. He's a right back, but I tell you what, at the moment he's the best left back we can choose. So I would put him in. But people turning on Dan Byrne, and um, like. I'm going to pick my words carefully here. Um, but the, you know, when their goal went in, where, you know, Byrne got skin for pace, Botman, I don't know what he was doing, you know, when the, the, the goal they scored. But as soon as that ball went in, there was a minority of fans where I was sat who started chat straight away. The ball had only just hit the net and they couldn't wait to score Tino, Tino. And um, I'll not repeat what I said and a few lads around us. But it was, and they shot up anyway, let's put it that way. It, that's an embarrassment to me. The fact that I looked across the whole of the game, you know, next to where we were sat, and there was eight seats in a row that weren't filled. Eight seats on our row that weren't filled. So what the, what, what the uh, heck's going on with these tickets? I don't know. There was... Um, I'm not going to go on about players and games. We were, we were. I'll, I'll say we were. We weren't that good, but we, we, you know, we've got no strikers. Um, I, I, I don't know what the other lads' thoughts, thoughts are on watering, watering the, uh, the goal area when it's peeing it down. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, the forecast was rain all day. I mean, we had a yellow weather warning on Friday for a Saturday and Sunday, and you know, there was the rain was coming, but. 
clearly it's something that they decided to do. Um, you yeah. know, whoever whoever decides that that's the best policy, that's it. And it was a freak. It was just unfortunate that it was. The Bradcast slipped, and you know, it would have been interesting to see how the game would have gone had that goal not gone in, had had Sony yeah. not been given that opportunity. Um, I'm not sure whether it would have gone to two two. Uh, both te- both teams were very cagey, and, and then from that. From that moment, Newcastle obviously you had to get back into the game. They did through the uh, the penalty and the rest is history. But yeah, to, water in the pitch. It's interesting. Why did they do it? Is it again an advantage? Clearly, this time it, it didn't work. We've got plenty on. Spenny, we'll come to you now, mate. Um, give us your give us your view on the game of the weekend, pal. Um, I'm going to disagree with what you as usual. All right. Okay. There is, the problems are the problems we've got here. It's because we can't play against the physical side. Because we've got nobody physical in that team. Simple as that. We've got nobody to think. When they're hitting us or catting us or having a go, we've got nobody in there to get the foot stuck in. That's the problem. Not the blaming players. It's the blaming the players that's out who are out injured. It's not to do with the players on the pitch. He's at his player, the players he can't. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And um, for me, it was a free goal, the first goal that we let in. Bounced, it just come off his hand, he just slipped in. So, what can you say about that? Not defense's fault. Second goal there scored, cracking goal. Defense couldn't do anything with that, could they? Not the defense's fault. Oh. Uh, I think the keeper should have saved it. You want me? I think the keeper should have saved it. It's a cracking goal. I think you should save it. Uh, you can't blame your players on the pitch. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I think mean, the, the, their second goal it was free aid, Botman and Dan Byrne, but I, I do think the keeper should have saved it, mind you. For me, Paul saves it, I reckon. Yeah. For me, for this physical, physical threat we've got here, I would play three centre backs and two wing backs, mate. I'll go back to that system because we're letting goals in defence. Mm-hmm. That's all I've got to say. All right, Spanny. No, you make your point. And you make it well, uh, Kev. What, what what went wrong and what went right on Saturday? Well, there's a lot more went wrong than went than went right. We scored two goals. That's about it, to be honest. Um, and I blow my own trumpet, but I've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks about our shape and midfield and personnel within it. Yes, we've got the players to do it, but again, it's up to the manager to grow set. And do and change something. It has to uh, at this at this juncture where we are now. Obviously, it's not working. But you st- we're just stubborn. That's coaching. That you just stick by philosophies and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I disagree with Spenny in terms of the two goals. Both goals could be been completely avoided. I don't care if the pitch has been watered. I don't care if there was 15 inches of rain on that park. And then I'll tell you why. If you look at it from behind, there's still a bit in the highlights. If you look when Sven Bartman passes it and Martin Dubravka, and there's a massive press from Tom Solanke in their, their right side, and he plays it across, there's a still there's about a 15-yard gap that uh, Sven Bartman can play a ball into Lewis Miley when he's pinned up against their right back. And if that occurs, you, like uh, put it in the East Stand, just... You don't. We can't play across because of the press is too high within our their, our own 18 yard box, and that was a diabolical decision from Sven Botman. So, not blame Martin Dubravka, whatever. Yes, he slipped. It is what is it happens. However, if 
Botman doesn't play inside or even switches it even further to Kieran Trippier, he wouldn't get out. But he didn't. He, he played a, the easy pass to, to De Barker, which is right on his goal line, which is suicidal. Why don't you just look further forward and miss their press out, which we've been doing pretty much all game, and hit Lewis Miley, who was pinned up against their full-back. So that could have well, been... That's the time, the that's time De Barker took the ball, there was no player on him, though. It doesn't matter. He, it, it does, he, it does, got, because he's got eight yards, had of, had he's got eight yards of pressure. He shouldn't have had the ball back. That happens every day of in football. Every player yeah, does that. If, if you look at the pace of the pass, if you look at the pace and the weight of the pass, that's put into Martin Debrowka, and, and he has to take a heavy er, touch or, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's crap with his feet. The ball's bouncing and skipped into him, so he's got to adjust. And have a touch in front of his own goal. Well, that's what he trains for every day of the week. Well, I understand that. that I, I, I get that. But the, the initial decision, I'm, talking about the, I'm talking about the original decision made to play it back to him. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. That happens all season long. And you've seen it. But if you look at it, go along and hit Lewis Miley, who was right or pinned up against their fullback in a 1v1. Um, no, no, I, I, I can't agree. You know? like, I, I think it was not wrong with no, it. I like the, the skills. It's a freak accident. 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 It's a Jumping on him, whatever, but he's not very good in one v one situations, isolated by himself. Again, if you look at the highlights, and I had the pleasure to do it and stop it. Sven Bottman screaming at Dan Burn to get closer to him to get down the line of the ball. Yeah. He's screaming at him. If yeah. he gets down the line of the ball and stops that shot or gets in the way, and it's called denying the finish. You can Google it all up and you can do all the research you want. It's called denying the finish and just get in the way. Sven Botman can cover around. Fabi Shaw can recover. Midfielders can recover if they can and deny and block a shot. Even if it takes a deflection, even if it goes out for a corner, you've stopped the ball going beyond you and in advancing towards the goalkeeper. Even if Nick Pope's in goal, yes, he might have saved it, the might, whatever, that's a respective. But again, if if you again you watch it, there's a highlight, there's highlights what I've seen, and I can send it to anybody. On NBC, what who we watch it over here in the, in the states that showed him he was bell, barking at Dan Byrne to get close and he didn't. And that's defensive one v one responsibility. So he's not listening to his players around him because they know that he's going to get done. So the both for me both goals were avoidable. Yes, it might have hit went through his legs. It might have hit him and deflected in. That's it is what that is. We can't. If it did, it did. So, you know, and this is but really the the thing that, uh, and I felt sorry for Dan Byrne, to be honest. Um, I the, the thing that broke, and I'm sure Alan, because he's a runner, this this was the one that broke Mike, that broke the camel's back. It was a fabulous ball through to Sean Longstaff, and he looked like he was running through, running in treacle. Sorry, I stole your thunder, but I'd, and I'd yeah. seen it, and he just broke down, and it was sad. And it was so sad to see because that's what he's done previously. And if that if he gets a good touch, but he just couldn't get there, and mm -hmm. he's just sapped of energy, and mm -hmm. it, and he can't do it, 
and yeah. that was the biggest thing for me. We were making runs, we just couldn't get there. there was, it was the almost. It was, I mean, Mickey had, like Chipper said, four or five chances, something like that. I mean, I, I was counting on my toes at this point. When, but the one that, again, the one that got me shit heading towards the leaders end, and he stabbed at it with his right foot, and I almost wet myself with laughter because that was the worst bit of technique I've ever seen in my entire life. Like a professional footballer can't organize your feet and, and put a ball a shot towards go with your right foot. We know he hasn't got one, but just get good contact on it and you never know it might go in. You know, so there was a lot of individual errors that cost not currency cost us that game, but pretty much cost us that game. And a and a large and a large part of it was to do with high energy again, high energy. We can't again we can't do it. There's no there's no energy level left. We can't do it anymore. We can't. And especially against another team who Bournemouth fair play to them, worked their socks off. They, they played really good stuff. You know, there should have been four or five up potentially, you know, in the first half. Yeah. And get away with it. It wasn't for the, the two saves that the Bravka made or whatever. That's again, that's what he's paid to do. But in certain moments, certain decisions has got I have to be better in certain parts of the game. And it was just overall disappointing because I thought we could have took them to the sword and really laid a marker down for Man United. And uh, after their victory yesterday against Luton, but we just not rolled over. But it was just a bit of a uh, damn squib, to be honest. Good stuff. Good assessment. Bill Burnett says, uh, must agree with Kevin, a lot of good points. Alan, your take on the game, mate? Copy and paste. Kevin, I, I couldn't agree more with what Kevin said there. It was exactly uh, regarding Longstaff. Uh, I've always been an admirer of him, but lately, has he reached his level, lads? I just, he was ghosting through there on Saturday and I lost it with him. I mean, that chance that Kevin highlighted for me was like spot on. I'm thinking that's a golden chance and he just seemed to stop. There's no. He was hiding from the ball, Alan. Yeah. He was hiding. Just, yeah. You know what it is, Ian? Longstaff was what Miley is now. Miley's doing the passing and going forward. If you notice Longstaff, he's either do a side pass or back pass. He's not looking forward at all either to, to split the defence or the four their defence open, um, whether that's his rule or not. But when he first got into the team, that's what he was doing, Longstaff. Now I think he's reached his level. Um, sad to say, but I thought he was non-existent on Saturday. The game passed. Some up with him. Yeah. Well, the thing is, in midfield, we've got no real tacklers, and like Kevin said, physicality. Yes, Young Miley played well, and I thought he was the man of the match for me. But the tacklers weren't there. You know, as soon as it's breaking down, we've got no pace, and so the midfield and the defence are left exposed time and time again. And it's so easy to blame Dan Byrne. And again, I go back to Kevin's points. The two goals, the first, the first one, you, you know, basically before even Botman got the ball, those four or five passes, it should have been up the up the field before even Botman got it to give it to Jabravna. So I thought it was, you know, like pathetic, really, that first goal on our part. Um the second one, you know, again, Burn was exposed, wrong field pass, and you know, really. We're getting exposed too many times. And the, one of the points I was going to make before I forget, the defence has got no confidence in Dubrovna. Every game, if you notice, game in, game out, one or either the defence is arguing with Dubrovna. 
and they've got no confidence in him. And that leads to insecurity throughout the back four, you know. Uh, and I, I just cannot wait for why well, Joel is not going to be there, but Willock and Anderson give us some pace in midfield. We need it. Um, I have to slightly disagree with Steve by saying we deserve the point. Any team that was going to win that game for me was Bournemouth, to be honest. Um, we've got a point, and I'm over the moon at that. It was a point gained, lads, in my opinion. Yes, we're disappointed we lost to but it was a point gained because we're not playing well at all. Um, I thought me being gripe of the world, and I said it on the show last night, was hundreds of people were leaving when it was twos each with 10 minutes to go. Hundreds of people. And it's, the game's on the knife edge. I just don't understand it. Never will. Um, but all, overall, we've got a kind fixture of the staff that Arsenal, and I do believe we will pull ourselves around and get players back and get that confidence we can still make a European challenge. We can still do it, even though I'm the most negative person going. And it's 50 no, you're not. Does does is now. You know, <laughs> that way. Ian, it's fifty-four years now. I haven't heard me yet. Four <laughs> years, no. and uh, basically that's fifty-four years of failure because our class success is winning trophies, and when the likes of Man United come for a director of football. You know, you know that he's going to try and get success for them in the crawl because we've got to win trophies to be classed as a big club. And until we do that, we're just on the sidelines. And, and me, I cannot wait for the end of the season, to be honest with you. I'll correct you there, Alan. You've disagreed with me, so I'll disagree with you. Um, he's not going to, to win trophies for Manchester United. He's going to feather his own nest. That's what Dan Ashworth is doing. Um, he couldn't give a monkey's about anybody else but himself, Dan Ashworth. He's made that 100%. Um, George, lift the mood, George. You sounded like I you were I, going to. I wish I could. I wish I could. I'd love to come on here and just talk about how wonderful my team was and how well we've done and uh, and all of that. There was so much happening on Saturday, both on the pitch and off the pitch for me. Uh, it was a totally frustrating game. Worst so 45 happen. minutes, the first half. Worst 45 minutes since how came. First half. We were absolutely flat right across the team. Um, and this issue about whether uh, we're overperformed last year or underperformed now. Wake up, lads. The, the rest of the Premiership work were out. We got away with it last year because they didn't know what was coming. This year, they know what's coming and they're prepared for it. And that's why they're able to target the likes of Dan Byrne and kick Bruno up the height and all the rest of it. That's why life's more difficult this year um, than before. You've got to give cre credit to Dubravka for the two point-blank saves he made in the early part of the game. Otherwise, we would have gone in three or four down. There's no doubt, In my mind, there's no doubt about that because we just weren't in it in the first half. So very flat right across the team. Um and uh, it, the, and this watering business, the number of players on both sides that were on the backside in crucial moments, really, really got to make somebody in the ground staff and the manager have a talk. Surely the manager's got to have some decision about whether they're watering or not watering, why they're watering, and all the rest of it. That that's an answer. I, I just there were a lot of things on Saturday. Which I, I just saw streetwise management even years ago wouldn't have let happen. But we were so flat in the first half; it was it was unbelievable. Um, the uh, 
star of the game uh, is was Young Miley, in my, my opinion. However, he need they need to find a sprinting coach. Go down to Blythe and find one of the professional sprinting coaches and send Young Miley down there to get an extra yard. He's a good player. With an extra yard, he'd be a fantastic player. He gets the he gets the ball, but he can't get away from from the people that's chasing him. So he gets hounded. Um, Bruno on Saturday wanted to beat the same man three times, and that's why he 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 had a poor game. Um, round and round, he, he went, and every time he went round, somebody else was waiting for him. Um, the uh, the second goal. Um, now I've defended Dan Byrne on here over and over again. In a, in a general player, I'm happy to do so. Not that goal. That goal. He went towards the player, and the minute he hesitated, I t- turned to Steve Hasty and I said, "Goal." It wasn't even in the, near the goal. But as soon as Byrne hesitated and didn't go, that was it. We were dead. We couldn't do anything. And uh, if he'd gone and kept him out of the penalty area, he could have took a yellow card outside the penalty area rather than let a goal go in. Uh, and that's what somebody really streetwise might have done. And, that's, and somebody said that they could see Botman shouting at him. Well, George Mitchell and by it in 192 was shouting at him as well, I can tell you. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. Um, yeah, it, it, he's got he, that second goal is entirely him. The first goal, I don't care what uh, people are saying about the Bravka slipping and this, not, I don't care if he's playing on bloody ice. The money that he's paid, he should get hold of that ball. It, no question for me, I'm afraid, I, I, yeah. and no sympathy. However, it, it, the saves he made, even in the second half, um, kind of redeemed, redeemed them a little bit. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, Shaw um, is one of my favourite players. Um, don't know where he was on Saturday. Um, he's, he's, but this issue between him and Dubravka and other defenders, there's definitely an issue in, at the back when Dubravka's in that goal and uh, so on. Um, other things. Nobody's mentioned the referee. The worst bloody referee was seen. I've ever seen in the Premiership. Never mind it's at James's Park. He was hopeless. He let Bournemouth uh, run the game for the for the last sixty minutes. Everything everything they wanted, they just ran up and and, and he was given it. Even with the VAR thing, he let them surround him and and talk to him. They're not even supposed to approach him. Never mind stand and talk to him. And he let all that happen. If if there'd been a red shirt on the other team uh, playing in that game and not us, um, there'd have been two, uh, at least two Bournemouth players in the dressing room for persistent fouling. Every chance they got, they were pulling people back. He was letting pulled shirts go and wave and play on. But they should have four four yellow cards in the first thirty minutes. At least, at least, Ian. Yes, um, he was letting pulled shirts go and instead of he let it, yes let it go. But then bring them back and book them. But he just let them go. Didn't do anything. And uh, to our lot, uh, our team, is that I, I don't think we've got a coach that's streetwise in the team. What? What? Can you lads remember what Burn Bournemouth did every time we got a free kick? Somebody went and stood in front of the ball, so we couldn't take a quick one. Well, there's a solution to that. Second times it happens, you run at the ball and kick it as hard as you bloody can, and you hope you get him in the nuts. And then not come back. And and if you don't if you don't get him in the nuts, the chances are I'll get a yellow yellow card for, for encroachment. I mean, 
that's not rocket science. It's just being streetwise football. Well, um, say if Bruno, say if Bruno done that, then got some yellow card. Back. He wouldn't have got a yellow card. He wouldn't have got a yellow card. If you said if our player kick off a ball player and then that antagonising their opponents, and is that if he's going to kick off and the referee could possibly give the Castanated player a yellow card? No, no. That was Berlin restart. George is right. You should have had about three or four yellow cards at this start. Simple as that. I'm, I'm telling you now, if, if it hadn't been us, it been a team in red that they could have had a couple of people in the dressing room by the end of that game. No bother. Um, but it does disappoint me that, that we don't seem to be... The occasions when they don't seem streetwise, um, our, our lot, and, and they... Um, I suppose it, it just may be an old-fashioned, but... And then back to my favourite subject, guess what? We are the embarrassment of throwings. Absolute embarrassment. We're, we're going to want just sort of halfway through the second half, about 10 metres from our byline. It's our throw-in supposed to be our advantage. And before they took it, I said to Steve Hasty, 20 seconds from now, Bournemouth will have a shot in our goal. We didn't even take 20 seconds. It was only about 15. And they're screaming over the top of the bar. And why, why is it so hard? Tell me, please, why is it so hard? Sorry, I'll, I'll stop there. I've never been felt so negative after a match than I have of that one because that first half really was the first, worst 45 minutes I've seen. And, you know, normally I'm very positive. I was looking for 3-0 on Saturday, for goodness sake, so you can imagine how I felt. But the number of times um, I was, even with me walking, I was off my seat yelling at players because I could see things happening from where I sit. Why couldn't the coaches say it? And, and you know, the lads are saying, I, I've got no issue. I'll defend Dan Byrne generally. But that second goal, the minute he hesitated, that said to Steve Hasty, goal. And it was. And, and I'm not sure that Pope Audrey could have saved it because it was, a, it was a good, good shot. So there you are. That, there's, there's my negativity for once. Uh, and I hate doing it because I, I, I love my football and, and I want to be happy about my team. But uh, there was so much happening. The referee was abysmal, abysmal. Well, one last thing about VAR. This issue of, spat, of players standing around and us sitting waiting eight minutes to get a result of VAR. Are you joking? If it takes that long, it can't be right. If but George, when that... he came on the screen... You know, in the stadium, yeah. it came on the screen yeah. and they showed. And he, if he had, a, if it had more of a hand on his shirt, it looked like he was, put, it looked like he was dressing him. Why? That's right. Why? Why did it? Why did it take all that time? Even yeah. though there was two other decisions to make, um, so VAR's dead for me until they start to do same as the rugby and the rugby league do and do it all openly on the pitch. And you hear what the ref says. You hear what the guy in the box says. It's all open, and you see all the all the shots they see. Um, yeah, frustrated that, that, that my team was like that on Saturday. I really was. Okay. And the goalkeeper wasted 10 minutes, didn't he, George, as well? The goalkeeper wasted 10 minutes. If it was uh, Dubrovna had done it, or Dick Pope, it would have been called the dark arts by the press. In match of the I, tell day. You, I tell you what, tell you what, Alan, if they have the guts, the referees have the guts to, to uh, enforce the six second rule. There'll be yeah. a couple of matches that bloody cricket scores, mm -hmm. and then they'll stop. They'll stop uh, wasting time. 
because at the moment goalkeepers are just getting away with murder because the 30 second rule well well it, it's sometimes it's even worse than that Ian but never okay. mind sorry I'm, I'm, Anthony Gordon put the ball back three times we're, we're a little late but here's the ads a big thanks to all our sponsors Skips and Bins go to their website skipsandbins.com email inquiries at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 25 45 25 3 Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr Vicky's Sources, Handmade in Cumbria. Go to their website, mrvickies.co.uk. Email info at mrvickies.co.uk or telephone 01768 210102. Thanks to United Group Travel. Go to their website, unitedgrouptravel.com. Email info at unitedgrouptravel.com or phone 01670 632 460 or mobile 0791 666 4174. They're a local company from Morbeth and there are no strangers on our tours, just friends you haven't met yet. Big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And if you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the subscribe button under the video, click the thumb up to like the video, and click share to share to your social media. If you want to help the channel financially, you can pay a one off £25 fee. You get a cup, a scarf, a pen and a membership card and entry into the NUFC Matters monthly draw. Email john at nufcmatters.com for more details. Or if you've got a smartphone, scan the QR code now and it takes you straight to the membership pack. We also support the food bank on this channel. Go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and you'll find the matchday bucket. You can make a donation virtually today. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. We also do events during the year. NUFC Matters Live will be at the O2 City Hall on Friday, the 2nd of August, for an evening with Rob Lee, one night in Antwerp. Tickets start at £15, and you can get them from ticketmaster.co.uk. An evening with the entertainers takes place on Friday, the 24th of January, 2025, at the Tyne Theatre and Opera House in Newcastle. Telephone 0844-249-1000 or visit the website timetheatreandoperahouse.uk to buy tickets today. You can also catch me on the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show live on Toon Radio weekdays 7 till 9am on DAB, Smart Speakers and the thetoonuk.com. I was going to move straight into Dan Ashworth, but I will ask this question. Uh, Phil Philipworth says, uh, ask the panel, is it time to give Carrius a game? The players train with him as well as Dubs all week, so there's no problem there. Um, let's have a, a simple yes or no on this one. Lads said, uh, Dad, would you would you drop Dubravka and would you play Carrius? Yes, I would. All right. Chavez? Yes. Mm, okay. Barry? No. No. Ian? <clears throat> Uh, yes, I would. Okay. Um, same question to you, Spenny. Benny's lost his voice. Uh, ah, yes, he's on mute. Was he mine, man? No, it was a no. No, no. Okay, man. Spot on, Kevin. No, I think he said. No. Did he say no? Yeah. Yep, you're on mute, Kev. You're on mute, mate. What was the question? Um, just to Bradka, would you drop him and put Carrius in in the next game? No. Okay, Alan. No. No, and George. 
Yes. You would? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Steve decide and vote. Yeah, well, I would stick with uh, I would stick with Dubravka. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't suddenly change something again. Not when Nick Pope's only about four or five weeks away. Um, Nick 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 Pope will be back soon, so no need to do it. Okay, there you wow. go. That answers your question. Um, George, I'll start with you on Dan Ashworth. What's your take on all of this then? The Dan Ashworth situation. Well, look, there's something that the the press on telling everybody and, and that you know and I know. The guy who's um, Radcliffe's right hand man is Ashworth's best best friend. Mm -hmm. So it was inevitable they were going to seek him out. And all I'd say to you all is I'm watching what Sky is saying that Ashworth's done. Not a patch of it. He didn't bring Bruno to Newcastle United. He didn't bring Botman. He was there when Botman arrived to shake his hand and say welcome. But the scouting staff did all of that. Ashworth didn't do it. And then the other thing I think myself is, well, what are the what's the great plan that Ashworth's laid down? I can't think of a bloody thing. So it would be screw Manchester United for every penny we can get and goodbye by Dan Ashworth. It's my attitude. Okay, Alan, are you happy to see the back of Ashworth? Um, I mean, he's on garden and leave now. There's no way back for him. And uh, uh, wouldn't it be funny if Man United said they didn't want him now? Well, I'm, I'm sad in one respect that he doesn't see the bigger picture, not the project they're on. Um, didn't excite him enough. I mean, to be honest, this story should have been killed months ago, lads. I mean, it was in the press in December, January. Why didn't Ashworth just come out and say, I'm going nowhere? I'm excited by the Newcastle project. Exactly. Exactly. And, and just say, no, kill the story dead. No matter what the press say, I'm staying. And he didn't. And then from then on, I've just been waiting and waiting for this to come out. I've, I just feel saddened in the fact that there's somebody that knows a lot of confidential information about the club is going to leave. Um, but we'll move on. Unfortunately, he's, he's went for the money. Man United fans are gloating now on the on the, the tablets I'm reading about, you know, we're going to get them and why we're playing hardball. But I think it's our right, just like Brighton did to us. You know, uh, you know, he was on Gordon League for Brighton for six months. So, you know, we kind of complain if Man United wants him and sees traitor and all that. I've read in the comments, but you know, he's gone for the money. Um and basically so be it. We just hope and pray. That uh, the new owners, which I've got full confidence to get somebody better and somebody to stay for the long term because it needs a lot of person in the long term. It's just all unsettling things that happen that, you know, like the, the press are making out Ashworth's the mes new messiah for Man United, which sticks in the crow. And I suppose we've just got to get on with it. But hopefully we'll get somebody just as good, if not better. Okay, Kevin, should we be too disappointed about Dan Ashworth? I don't think so. Like, not really. I was, the only disappointment is, yes, he might have had a vision, a plan, but I just don't think he really had his heart in the club itself. And you know, he's, he's executed things that it, with England and wherever wherever he's been. But again, it's not all. It wasn't all. And people say it's all. It was all about him. It's all about him. And it's not about the club where he works at. So, again, it's in a phrase, I don't care. Because I think we'll go and find somebody different. However, I think in another phrase, in a coin it is a uh, job for the boys. And 
help my mate out who's struggling, who needs a bit of help at another club in the Premier League. But whether he, whether he goes within the, the short term basis or the long term basis, I've seen along the, within the chat that um, you know we hold all the cards in this scenario. And Man United fans, are, I've seen some things on Twitter and things like that earlier today that they're literally in a meltdown to say they want him in now and blaming us and things like that. Well, yeah, blame us. He's our employee. Well, you know, yeah. so just, say, just, just, just say Jesse Lingard. Just say Jesse Lingard. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And it, 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 just, it would just be nice to turn the screw and just to agitate them just that little bit more, just to annoy them. A bit of a housery going on, but... Again, it's our. It's he's our employee. He, he's on garden leave. He's one of, again, George. He's one of the best gardeners in the whole country because that's what he always does. He leaves a post, and with Roy Keane comment that he's not loyal to a club and a project is a is a valid one. You know, if you've got a project in mind, stay and see it see it out. Or two, three, four years down the line, whatever your length of the contract is, and say, okay, I've got another offer. Fair enough. Then you could understand that, but. After one, not even a year in the job, year and a half in the job, mm. or whatever it is, you know, then to jump ship, you know, I don't. Again, I don't. He's not the most charismatic person, from what I understand, and he, you know, he couldn't do the deals that we were trying to do and things that I'm hearing. So I, I'm more looking at the future now. At this point, let's see. Let's get a better, younger, fresher mind in there. Not. Not in, not saying an old way of doing it. He's laid a benchmark down, but can we just do something like a refresh of what he's done already and actually project the club forward? Interesting. Yeah, somebody mentioned there about um, you know what you know what Ashworth's like. I, I'll tell you, I've, I've only seen him once. Um, Nobby Solano invited me into the uh, the corporate area with him last season. I went mm. up there and. Um, as we were going up to the left, the stairs that you'll have seen the footage of Ashworth sitting in on those that, that little seat on his own. That's exactly where he was sitting when, when we went in that day. And um Nobby, Nobby went up and approached him to say hello. You know what? When I I, I, I tend to judge people the body language, I can see what people are, are, are all about. I've, I've I've you know studied a bit of that years ago with a sports psychology course, and I, I genuinely think. <laughs> There is an arrogance about him. Um, for me, when Nobby comes up to you, or any player comes up to you of the club, he should have stood up and he should have shook his hand. But he, he almost like looked, from a sitting position, looked down on Nobby. And I thought that was really weird. That's just me. But I just thought there was no show of respect for the guy. Says a lot. And I just think... You know, if somebody's coming up and saying hi and speak to you and, and, and you know, just, shape, just stand up, shape a hand, have it, give them give them time. But that said a lot for me, and that's the only meeting I've had or, or vision I've seen of him in the flesh, and I, I learned a lot from that. Well, yeah. I've, I've seen him over here in Atlanta, and he sat by himself in the shade on his phone, and I didn't yeah. have any interaction with him. That So that, again, goes, I'll just sit by myself and be isolated from everything. But I, I know... With these meetings that have been had over the with the national recruitment staff within certain boxes within the club, he didn't even know where to go within the stadium. Yeah, well, there you go. That says a lot. You know, so that says that says a lot. And Mozza, just just on Mozza's comment there, um, this will be the Michael Emanalo that um, Stu and Mitch both said had had 
a couple of meetings with Newcastle United. Um, but yeah, a lot of the local press said that was absolute rubbish and it didn't happen. Yeah, potentially could be the new could be the new director of football. Yeah. Who knew it? Very yeah. good friends with uh, very good friends with um, Jose Mourinho as well, of course. Um, maybe that's where that's those rumours are from. Just saying, just yeah, exactly. Just saying, um, you heard it here first. Over to you, over to you, Spenny. Um, your thoughts on the Dan Ashworth situation? Well, as you know, I've already I've met the guy, so I know exactly what he's like. Mm -hmm. For me, your description is totally right. When I was talking, and all he was bull about is what he's doing, and not what you know, all his staff is doing. It was all about him, to be honest. Yeah. Yes, and do you, what do you like me of me bringing? What players do you like of me? Bringing in what's your favourite player? That's what he said to us. I couldn't give a crap if he's gone or not. If you're in that position, you should be committed to the club. You should be committed to the project you put in front of you. You should be jumping ship every year, day, month, like he has with other jobs. He wanted someone who's wanting into the project, knows the area, and knows Newcastle, and and can accomplish his goals. And he hasn't his goals haven't been met because he hasn't been in any shop for a while. For me, we need someone else in. Definitely. Mm. Tim, Tim, I can see your point. He says he knows all of our targets for next season. Problem is, Tim, we've got no money. We can't spend it. Uh, financial fair place. There's not much use to him. I, I get where you're coming from, though, joking aside. I think it's, you know, he'll have an idea of what Newcastle's game plan is for the next two or three years. But what good does that do Manchester United? They'll have their own game plan. Um, it, you know, we are going to struggle with FFP for the next couple of seasons. And, and that's legally, that's it. a non-compete. He can't do that. That's a non-compete legally. So the, the, the club yeah, will yeah. do him for breach of... Yeah. 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 No, one will know, no one will know who's coming in. You could say such a name, such a name, and keep guessing now about 10 names. Oh, I of said course. that one. Nobody of knows. Of course. And are Manchester United driven by keeping Newcastle United behind them and, and doing that? Yeah, possibly. But I don't see the... I, I, I don't see the relevant. I think it's just another newspaper, uh, you know, and, and it's another media thing to stir things up. They'll know all the plans. You know what I mean? It's it's not an episode yeah. of Danger Mouse, for God's sake. Well, um, I hope he takes the head of their busy over him as well. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ian, <laughs> Ian, it's not Baron Greenback, Ian. Um, no, no, you didn't do that one, you know. Uh, dear me, uh, but yeah, this Ashworth thing. I mean, I'm just glad it's over. I think I described it last night on on the professionals and and, and this morning on the back on the breakfast show and on my Twitter account last night. Um, it's like discovering germaloids for the first time, Ian. He's like like the ultimate. Um, I'm trying not to swear you. The ultimate. Na, na, he's he's got the Napoleon complex, hasn't he? You know what I mean? The little short ass man. It's all about him. He's, um, you know, the fact the fact that what he's done is so short sighted. Because if 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 I understand, you can probably tell me, Mitch or or you, you know George or yourself can probably tell us. But if this doesn't go against FFP, we can have him sat on his skinny little runty ass till two thousand and sixteen, doing the square root of. F all, which he's done for us. But I put this top on especially for him because this is the only player he's brought in and he didn't do his due process. On yeah, the exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, the only thing he's done is brought Tonali and he's been sat on his arse all season, the um, plonker. And um, anyway, not that I don't love Tonali, I do. But um, no, I think, um, I think that he is... I always had... 
high hopes for him. But I always had in the back of my mind that he's a blazer. He's another blazer. He's an FA blazer. Right? And this has proved exactly that. You know, like, that they, you know, yeah. I hope we take them to the... As, <laughs> as they say, I don't want to quote life of Brian. <laughs> take them to the fucking cleaners. <laughs> you know, leave him sat in his ass doing nothing or take 20 million off him. That's your choice. If it doesn't come out of FFP, 20 million is pocket change to us and it's not to them, you know. They'll have to employ another person to do the job that he's hopefully for them going to do for them. Um, and he has done, I'm sure behind the scenes he's put a structure in place. But you know what? The, the, there's a reason everyone's saying like Eddie Howe doesn't get along with him. Do you know why? Because Eddie Howe's not a knobhead. You know, Eddie Howe is a good bloke. He's got everyone's got the problems with Eddie Howe, and he might not do this and do that. But I'll tell you what, the one thing he is, he's he's loyal to the club, he's loyal to his players, maybe to his detriment at times. But he is Newcastle, and that little skinny run is is not. That's all I'm going to say before I start swearing. Okay, Barry, what's your thoughts? It's 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 getting blown totally out of proportion, isn't it? I mean, it it doesn't mean anything to the team. It doesn't really mean anything to the club because I think, like the guys have already said, he hasn't exactly set the world alight with the the decisions that he's made. And if he's if he's claimed the famous signing Tonali, then he's you know it's not really something to be proud of. Um, I I just hope that we we get somebody better in, somebody who's got contacts who can bring us decent players. Personally, I would say I would love to see Sir Les come in, but I don't know if that's going to happen because I don't know if he's got the contacts that this club will want. But I would like to see somebody who gets gets it. I think that's that's the biggest insult for me. Just he doesn't get the the Newcastle. Yeah. He doesn't get the idea. He doesn't get the fans. And he's all he's coming. I I don't have a problem with him going to Man United. Just the way he's disrespected the club. I think the sooner he goes, the better. Steve, and then we can just move on. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, I, I, I was a bit like what Stu said last night about um, attracting players to Brighton and not attracting them to Newcastle. There's a difference from attracting somebody to a football club and selling them on for a profit to a bigger club. And then there's a, there's a difference from already bringing somebody to a bigger club and keeping them at this club because ultimately he hasn't done it. He's been, he's had enough, he's had, was it four transfer windows since he's been here? And the one player we really know of he's brought in is out got suspended for 10 months so bye basically enjoy winning nothing for Man U and I'm pretty sure there's going to be more people interested in our direct our football position than what there was for the Man U position well sorry okay yeah yeah is that it Chibas are you finished yeah yeah sorry I thought you'd I thought you'd lost your signal there all right Darren no no your, your view um I can't agree with, agree with Barry Barry a lot. Um, if you had any like, believe in the project, just he's jumped ship so fast, and he's, he's just coming off for the same at the goal. He may not like up north at all, so it may be too cold for him. So um, I don't know. I I'd love to know the real reason why he's going, but he's, if if he doesn't believe in Newcastle, he doesn't like the project, get rid of him. Want some want somebody who's committed and want to stay loyal 
said that when a club come for him, I want to go. So I hope the club will find somebody who's been unqualified and they will. But I'm, I'm a bit, yeah, yeah, I'm just like more cheesed up for him because he's jumped ship, he's the skinny now, and um, for, for once I can agree with Ian, and I'll never agree with Ian that much. <laughs> the things he say, um, never. We'll say that Ian, you know that. Um, but no, no. I'm, See what happens next, and hopefully the club will get somebody else. And you might drive the little prick. That's what I say. Get in your All garden. Right. We'll finish up with this one because you know we did ask this earlier on. Last question of the night. Question is: Are we really expecting to get European football, lads, when we've got seven first-team players out of our starting lineup? Um, at best, you're going to get mid-table. You know, are we right? You know, you've all been very. I would say depressed tonight. I think I think you have been. I think um, there's been a, there has been an atmosphere around this forum tonight. You, you're all agreed on one thing. You weren't happy with the result. I'm not expecting you to be happy with it, but you know, I just felt. I, I just think we are where we are. We started on Saturday with no striker, so I think there's a there's a sense of realism in me. Whether that just comes and Alan Alan and George have probably been Alan George maybe Spenny have been supporting Newcastle slightly longer than me. George certainly has. Alan, how many years for you? Uh, this will be my 54th year. Right? Spenny, what about you? Sam was the same age as you. You're really cheeky, kid. You look older. I'm not going to be. 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 I think we should all know that this isn't as bad as it could be because we've all been a hell of a lot worse, oh, lads. Yeah. So we really should be a bit more cheery. I think when we get a two-two draw against Bournemouth at home, that would be my that would be my mindset. But let's let's go back to Yano's question. Does should we really be expecting European football with all these injuries that we've had? Oh um, no, not really. I, I, at the start of the season, I think people was again was this thing was overachieving as it was. Start of the season, people were going to the top four again, going to finish top three. I never thought that one bit because I was 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 silly to build the squad. Um, At the start of the season, our squad was improved. We had mm-hmm. Tenali, and we had Harvey Barnes coming into a team that had finished fourth in the Premier League and got to a cup final. So for me. But- the squad was the same. We didn't lose anybody. Yeah. ESM, ESM obviously departed. Um, you know, but but other than that, the squad had been improved. But it's like the, what George. It's like what George said though last year. Well, over I'd, I'd say over season, but this year, this season, teams know how we play. And okay, anyhow, yeah. had first full season. Yeah. yeah. Last year, and what one first full season and the second season. Yeah. And see how we do. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that's what it goes up anyhow. Um, so I think we have been lucky completely with injuries this year. We get player back, player out. Tonali was unexpected to be fair. But yeah, whatever happens this year, we've got 37 points. He's not getting relegated. Oh, so God. you are starting to become the son of Alan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was that bad, Steve. 
Yeah, oh. honestly, 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 he is really. I think he's playing at the gallery. Uh, Chibas, <laughs> do we deserve? Do we do, do, do? You know, give us your views on, on in this. Can you expect European football and the amount of injuries? Not at this present time, no. But the question for me, I'll be asking, is apart from Joel and Wilson, when's everybody coming back? Because are they coming back any time soon? Are they coming back two weeks time, three weeks time, four weeks time? The question is, Eddie Howe gives nothing away. We only know that Joel Linton is going to be back for the last game of the season. And Wilson's Willick probably and not going to play again this season. Yeah. Isaac, Isaac and Willock will be back for Arsenal. They were very close to making the game at the weekend. Yeah. That's what he said after the match against Bournemouth. Well, we've got Anderson to come back into midfield as well. And uh, who else is there? Is there a target to come back? Possibly as a squad player. Um it's then you're looking at squad players after that, really. Um, and the, how, yeah, the thing is, we're back. Nick, Nick yeah, Pope will be back. Nick Pope will be yeah. back in March. Nick, Pope, Nick Pope's the big one to get back because for me, he's the one that, as soon as he's back, that defensive seem to have their trust up again. So, but again, how many games is he going to come back for? Is it going to be too little, too late if we start winning games? Um, the points we're giving away at the minute. So, at the minute, we would, at the minute, I can't see us getting European football until. I said we would, but if we keep dropping points like what we're doing in games, you would like to think we're going to pick up wins, then no, we're not going to get it. It's as simple as that. Good old Rory, that's the spirit. Julian will be back for the yeah. final. <laughs> Hopefully not his last game for the league, but never mind. <laughs> All right, should we be expecting Europe with the injuries we've had, Barry? I think we still do it. I honestly think the players are coming back I know I don't want to say it because I, I I dread it when we say well we've got an easy run in, and then the teams with classes easy either turn us over or they push us to the bloody limits. But I I think with the the players are coming back just at the right time for us to go on a run. I don't see why they can't do it. My only worry is obviously you're bringing them back and you're pushing them back into the side very quickly, which is what how tends not to like to do. But I, I think there's there's still a lot left in this season, Steve. And I I think the the route to the cup final could well get us a place in Europe as well. I can't see why we couldn't at least make it to the final, depending on who we get to play in the final, which could give us well and truly the chance to qualify. I, I, I still think we can do it. I, I don't think we'll reach the Champions League positions, but I would settle for anywhere in Europe at the minute. Okay. I've not got a factor that Bruno and Gordon could be missing two games coming up shortly as well if they get booked. <laughs> Possibly. Bruno's doing a hell of a job at the minute not getting booked. He is, like, he's behaving himself. That's going to take, take a little bit away from his game. Uh, by, I'll, you know, I'll get put against Arsenal when we get beat. Oh, you bloody would. Uh, <laughs> go on, Ian. <laughs> So just just like we're doing that, I just, just thought with Darren and Alan being a pair of baddies on here, I just uh, I just thought they were like two stroppy little buggers, like like <laughs> So I just quickly googled what's um, what's the pantomime at, uh, at the Time Theatre next year, and it's fucking Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> So I would say that Alan will definitely be one of the dwarfs. No offense, George, you could get in there as well. And um, <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine Big Gaz as, as, as Snow White? Oh, listen, I'm, I'm happy about this, Emily. Listen, to what he's saying about this. I was going to say the uh, with the twanky. I'm, 
I'm struggling. I'm, I'm struggling. You know, I'm, I'm struggling. You know, when you ask somebody, should we be qualifying for Europe? Um, you know, with, with all these players injured, and, and we end up talking about dwarfs and Snow White. I, I really don't. I, mean, that's that's I thought, hey, hey that's Come what I'm bringing to the show. <laughs> well, it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the answer is yes. Great. Cheers, you. <laughs> Spenny, Spenny's sitting there. Well, so you're talking about dwarfs. Is he, is he grumpy? <laughs> What's that, Dad? <laughs> Who's sleepy? Me, I'm tired of them, aren't they? Definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you're sleazy. Oh, dear, me. Are we, are we interested to find out what the panel would say after the Aston Villa game when we won? I know, Maybe but this is what I mean. Uh, like, what, what would the panel be like if we'd lost four games? What Unbeaten in four games, Spenny. Two, exactly. two, two wins and two draws. We just drew with Palmer fair enough. The home form's not very good, but the away form's brilliant. So if we'd beaten if we'd beaten if we'd beaten Luton at home and beaten uh Palmer's <laughs> at home and got draws against Forest away and Villa away, would everyone be different? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would be the same amount of points. Yeah. I'll go sixth still, mate. I'll I was third, but looking at Saturday's result and looking how weak we are in midfield, I mean not protecting the defence is what we should be, like the lads have already said. Um, our course, we'll get a six from the FA Cup final win. We're going to Europe. All right. Should we be expecting Europe with the injuries, Kev? I think we should. With the players that were coming back, I don't see why we can't. Um, if we give it, a, give it a good push, I know Dan is going to be complaining and, com you know, negative. But uh, let's be positive. It's not negative, it's positive. I've just had no, no, it is negative. Um, which is fine. Um, no, why just give it a big push to the back at, to the end of the season? Why can't we go to the FA Cup final? Why can't we get into sixth, seventh place in the in the division? Why can't we do that? Yes, I don't care. Injuries happen. It's part of football, but. It's up to the players to have a desire to go and reach the highest levels that they can actually go and achieve. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But all you can say at the end of the season said, hey, they give it a good crack there, but in and hopefully we'll get there. If it works, if it doesn't, like I said, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Don't you know, we'll have to give it a go. If we don't give it a go, then we might as well just sit on a lounger with the flip-flops on and have a beer in the hand. And call it a season. Yeah. By the way, I'm gonna go, fellas. Uh, okay, so mate. Take care. Take care, Kevin. Take care. Thanks to Kevin. Uh, okay, Alan, your views. Yes. Because... Don't worry, and don't worry, people at home. Uh, Ian won't be going on again. He's just we've moved him down because Kevin's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and Darren definitely won't be going back on. <laughs> yes, we can. Uh, unfortunately for us, lads, the next three or four games, the teams are, are, are the ones that are in form. Arsenal, Wolves and Chelsea now that we're playing next. Um, it's just see what happens. That's a twist of fate that we've got. Certainly we can because at the Arsenal, I don't feel, like I said last week, I said seventh, I'll stick by it um, until things either improve or get worse. Looking at the league table, the lowest we can finish is, in my opinion, is 11th, which would be bad. But like I've said a few times on different podcasts, lads, if we finish in the top 10, that would be only the fifth time in 20 years we've finished in the top 10. 
and that'll mean Hell's done it twice, and people are wanting him sacked. So I just don't get it. He's he's been it's been an injury-ridden season. I still think we could make a charge if we just get the confidence and the belief. But yes, we can do it. It's ludicrous saying how it's going to be sacked. Ludicrous. Yeah, I know. But yeah. people are, you know, what? It's, it's absolutely bullish. That'll be only the fifth time in 20 years we've finished in the top 10. Yeah. People have got to realise that we're starting from a lower base. It's... And, and until, I'll keep on saying to people, until we improve our turnover from 250 million to 500 million, we will not challenge the top <laughs> on a regular basis. It's behind the scenes count just as much as on the pitch. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, Alan, I agree with you 100%. And it, and it really does depend, though, on what our owners want. Um, yeah. And it also depends, and, you know, and and I think I said this, um, you know, and, and I know Stu and Mitch agreed with us yesterday, but we, we were talking about it. Um, you know, whoever comes in as the new director of football will will have a working relationship, if he's been in that job before, um, with, with another manager. And they may favour another manager further down the line. So, you know, you know, people saying this is a Howe versus Ashworth thing, I think they're wider the mark. But, you know, clearly those two people have to get on. The manager and the director of football have to get on. And you never know. This could be the beginning of the end of Howe moving forward. But, you know, there are people out there who want him out. But the work that Eddie Howe's done for us, I wouldn't I wouldn't lose I'd Howe. Back, I'd back Eddie Howe every, every day of the week and twice on Sunday above that little no mark, I'm telling you. He's done a great listen. Eddie Howe's done a great job. Absolutely brilliant. This season, this season won't be remembered for finishing in the top four. It might be remembered for a cup final. We're still in the FA Cup, of course. Um, you know, with all the injuries we've got, I'd be very surprised if it does. But this this season should be remembered because what he's done has been absolutely amazing with the players that he's had available. You can think back to three or four games, you know, Manchester United away in the Carabao Cup with that makeshift defence. Coming away with a 3-0 win. Wow. Um, you know, putting Lewis Miley on a football pitch at the age of 17. I know the player's got to be up to it, but you know, to be able to get the performances that have got out of Lewis Miley, a boy in a man, a boy in a man's shirt like that. Um, absolutely outstanding. And then just look across that back. Look, you know, look at look at Emil Kraft, look at Joe Linton, look at Miguel Miron. Look, they're all still playing as you know, maybe not as well as they did last season for various reasons, but Nah, you know, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe will be remembered by Newcastle fans as a good manager. Um, if he wins something, he'll be a great manager, of course. But uh, George, final word to you tonight, mate. Uh, the question well, was: the question was, should we be expecting European football with all the injuries we've had? Yes, there's no reason. Somebody said it. Get them all firing on one. So the the good thing about even Saturday was they haven't lost the spirit. They kept going. Under Bruce, that would have been a massacre because we would have given up. The the, 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 the the spirit's still there. I'm a bit worried still about something in the dressing room, this thing with Dubravka. And it was noticeable on Saturday to me. I can't remember seeing Miggy smile all game. And that's unusual. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, the answer to your question is, if if they get the spirit up and they get one or two back, I don't think it needs to be everybody. We've got enough skill and enough guts in there to, to go on a run uh, with the programme I've got left. And at least get a European place. It might not be Champions League, but at least get a European place. And I'm still hopeful enough to see we're in a cup final. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and if I can finish on a very positive note, uh, just to say it to my friends out there, Emily, Louise, uh, Cara, Sandra, 
Um, I'll be on Instagram later, girls. <laughs> oh, you do, you old bastard. <laughs> on that note, uh, I have, I've got, you know, I never make apologies, but I'm going to invite Ian. Ian, you've been absolutely outstanding tonight, mate. I know you've been, know you've been through the mill um, at, at hospital, but uh, thanks for all your references. Just had absolutely nothing to do in Newcastle. And Darren, thanks for, thanks for being the cheery soul tonight. Gotta be done, mate. <laughs> um, you've taken me title, Darren. You've taken me title. On a sec, on a sec. I've listened to you too much. That's the trouble. <laughs> On a separate note, uh, I just want to say um, that uh, Steve Wilkinson's funeral went off very, very well today. He got a great send-off. Uh, and there was no Good. irony lost. There was, there was no irony lost in Sunderland today, uh, which is where um, you know his, his ceremony was in the heart of Sunderland. That local hero played Steve out today. Um, not once, oh, but it was on a loop twice with his beloved Newcastle United entertainer shirt draped over his coffin today. So, uh, Steve, um, we'll, miss, we'll miss you. Thanks for everything you've done for us, Newcastle yeah, United. Yeah. Newcastle yeah, United yeah. and Newcastle United fan base is a is a worse place without you. But um, safe travels, kid. We love you to bits. Good night, everybody. See you tomorrow. Good night, Good night everybody. Good show, lads. Good show. Good show. Good show. Good show. Good show. Yeah, right. Here we go. I am Trev. <laughs> <laughs>
but no Wouldn't let you have it any other way Stepping back from what you lack The past has put you right back in again Save me from myself It just carries up Just carries up Just carries up Just carries up Hush now, city kids Gather round for other myths Hush now, city kids, gather round for other mess. Hush now, city kids, gather round for other mess. Hush now, city kids. Hush now, city kids, gather round for other mess. Hush now, city kids.